why do you do music? Do you do it for self-expression? Do you do it for cultural impact? Why do you DJ? Do, it, do you do it for the money or for the fame or for the lifestyle? These are all quite individual questions and they are a hint to values and also to what you are willing to sacrifice. This is the It's Complicated podcast. I'm Reese Cox, and you are listening to the second installment of Through the Noise, a mini-series where we examine the lives and challenges of individuals working in the electronic music industry. On our last episode, we spoke with DJ and label owner Courtesy about her experience of speaking publicly about anxiety and the pleasantly surprising healing power of opening up. Now today on the show, we'll be shifting gears a bit as we do here on the It's Complicated podcast, from a civilian experience to the insights of a practitioner. Today, specifically, I'll be speaking with Florence Jimenez Otto, who is a coach and counselor specializing in working with individuals who work in the electronic music industry. Before going into the mental health field, Florence was herself working within the industry in Berlin. To name just a few points on her resume, she worked in a PR firm, she worked as a booking agent, and co-managed a resident DJ at Berlin's most famous club, Berghain. These experiences now play a vital role in her ability to help her clients. But before we get into the conversation, I'd like to take a moment to talk to you about It's Complicated. If you aren't familiar with us, It's Complicated is a web directory, making it simpler to find the right therapist. No matter what kind of therapy you're looking for, It's Complicated offers a safe space to connect with a practitioner. Now, basically what that means is if you're looking for a therapist, all you have to do is visit us online at complicated.life. You could easily scroll through the various profiles of the listed therapist and see who has an available appointment, send them a message and connect. No more waiting, no more hassle, and all the tools to stay in touch and make appointments are there right on the site. So please pay us a visit online at complicated.life. And now, let's tune in to our conversation with Florence Jimenez Otto. Here's the interview. Lawrence, I understand your background in electronic music has given you a lot of tools to help the clients that you work with now, but before we get into the details of your practice, I'm curious about your own history and why you chose to uh, leave your position working in PR and artist management to pursue a career in mental health. It was a process for, to make this decision was a process for almost two or three years. And I think for many, for outsiders, music industry seems to be quite glamorous and seems to be a quite super cool place because you get to know all these inspiring artists you get invites um, to parties you have access to, to festivals and uh, you have a cool lifestyle but what many outsiders don't know is that many artists and also professionals um, have really high workload, uh, extremely hard working. And um, what motivated me to to make this career shift was probably a mix um, between different aspects. Um, first of all, I realized that I didn't feel inspired anymore. And um, even when the projects and, and the artists were changing, um, the work kind of felt um, repetitive for me. There was no intellectual challenge anymore. And at some point I realized that I become a quite um, 
judgmental and bitter person. Mm. Big part of my identity was based on the work that I was doing was based on, on this scene. And yeah, it, it, it didn't make me happy anymore in the end. And um, well, as I said, it probably was a mix between my personality, my values at that time and um, my work environment. And which brought me to the point, to the state where I was only functioning in the end and uh, I kind of have lost contact with myself and then I realized and one morning I, I remember I got up and um, I was trying to to write and send an email and um, I was physically not able anymore which was weird and I think in retrospective I realized okay my my body was kind of forcing me to take a break I realized that there was there was nowhere to go to seek psychological psychological help within my profession. And then it was also quite hard to to speak up about it um, because I was uh, too afraid that people would think I'm weak. And of course, I had no uh, financial backup plan. I never had an unemployment uh, insurance, but um, there was no there was no real turning back to the old setting which uh, was also kind of quite deliberating because then i thought well i can follow the idea that i had in my mind for a long time which was doing the training and coaching did your desire to work with music professionals come out of a need that you had at some point this was one one motivation um but the other main motivation was that I've seen so many artists and co-workers struggled, struggling with anxiety and exhaustion and um, conditions that had a quite negative impact on the well-being, yeah, mental well-being. Mm. If I understand you correctly, then it sounds like uh, your needs were relatable across people in the field, but there wasn't a lot of support in general for these specific problems. Well, I was looking, I was missing someone um, who can, who could understand the, the dynamics for music professionals. Well, just to answer your question for my position. Um, because was I, what, what I still see is a lot of social anxiety because even and the line between private life and um, music industry-related network is getting quite blurry in that in that field. And um, the scene is, in my opinion, is quite small, even if it's operating on an international level. So it's really it's really hard to um, to speak up um, without being judged. So what, what, well, this was um, was affecting me, but this is something what I've seen also with with many artists um, is the social anxiety, which mean by that I mean that um, the scene is it's basically it's it's people business, you know, and your network is is crucial, 
maintaining good relationships to other um, artists, bookers, um, journalists, promoters, etc., is really important um, for for the work that you are doing. Also, image, branding, public perception are as important as your talent, and um, people really do care about what kind of senior and what kind of label you're on, how you look like, what you post on Instagram, who is your agent, um, are you with a big agency, and so on. So, yeah, I think it was a mixture between what I was experiencing by myself and what I've seen that other people are worrying about, which um, inspired me to um to do this training and coaching after coming to the decision that you wanted to pursue a career in mental health did you have any idea that you would end up returning to music in some way um i think in my in the process of my recovery i was at a point where i thought okay i really have to break up with music industry <laughs> but then after a while I saw, okay, well, I'm still feeling emotional connected to the scene, and um, why not, why not um, starting this new thing? Why not sharing my experience of all these years and um, bringing in some professional knowledge and uh, combining these two things to support other people? And of course, in in the beginning, I didn't I didn't know um, if anyone would interested be interested in this. And but as there was no turning back to the old setting, I thought, okay, well, if no one is interested in this, I still can offer coaching to other people or do job coaching or whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm curious about the way in which your previous career and lifestyle informed your practice as a coach. Uh, can you give me an example of the kinds of issues one might face working in in music? I think I can summarize it to two things. Is um, one of them is to that people have a certain image in their mind that they feel they have to fulfill, and making a big big effort to fulfill it, but it somehow is not really working out for them. <laughs> And the other one is that people are not really clear about what they are doing, what what they are trying to achieve, and more important, why. For example, why why do you do music? Do you do it for self-expression? Do you do it for cultural impact? Why do you DJ? Do it, do you do it for the money or for the fame or for the lifestyle? Um, I mean, these are all these are all quite individual questions, and they are they are to to values and also to what you are willing to sacrifice. As you're alluding to, uh, pursuing a career in music is, of course, rather risky. Income can be low and consistent, and even if one does find success, there's no guarantee it will necessarily last. Is there ever a point at which you feel that it's the ethical thing to do? to recommend a person considers another career? Well, if a person is not, is not happy or 
things are not working out for them there's always a reason and um, then again I think this come links back to the point the previous point I was saying um, do they know why why are they doing it and why it's not working out and of course these can be external factors and uh, these can be the conditions but it also has something to do how how you deal with certain conditions how you react um, on certain things and um, of course part of my my work or in the in the collaboration with other with my clients is to analyze what could be an alternative perspective you know what could be an alternative way to react on things what could be a, a healthy response or reframe certain beliefs mm. in order to make a change yeah I see. So the primary goal is then to find clarity, sort of regardless of the outcome. Yeah, and also uh, developing um, a plan B, you know, an mm-hmm. alternative scenario. This sounds a bit like cognitive behavioral therapy. Is that what your training is in originally? Well, I learned a variety of of, of di- different techniques and um, some of them are related to cognitive behavior therapy also known as CBT which means that um, we are trying to to be more aware about certain beliefs and to analyze the emotions and the behavior that is that are connected to these beliefs and um, more important to reframe them or to counter them with healthy, healthy responses. I also apply techniques of um, communication psychology and approaches that are focusing on, on your resources, on your talents, on your strengths. Basically, I would say all the, all the different um, methods and techniques are quite solution and outcome orientated. And how do these techniques play out within a session? Well, I, I can tell you about my um, about my favorite exercise. Okay, sure. <laughs> um, I used I I use kind of like a log sheet, which means that um, I um, I ask the client to to write kind of like a journal of uh, certain um, situations. For example, I received these, this email by this booker, which is just really like a neutral situation, but um, which was automatic thought was, okay, this booker, uh, she, he, he doesn't like me. What is um, the automatic reaction? Okay, I kind of like feel a little bit um, aggressive. I feel a little bit anxious. Why is he not uh, liking me? I kind of like feel the need to defend myself. And then on the third column is, okay, what could be an alternative um, thought? What could be like a healthy response to that? Which, for example, in this specific case, okay, well, he or she might just had a very stressful day. (laughs) And um, this is not against me. 
So I kind of, I, I ask, um, I give this homework of, of keeping up a journal of automatic thoughts, automatic reactions, and at the same time developing a healthy response. And if you do that several times, then you realize that there's an underlying pattern. And once you, once you realize the pattern, um, it's easier to be more aware about your automatic thinking what I don't see or what I'm aiming for is more education and to um, create more awareness about the dynamics of this industry and of course the dynamics that's a quite complex topic you know starting from demanding tour life to social anxiety um, to the pressure of posting something on social media um, the nature of freelance work which comes along with um, unpredictable future to generate an income no backup plan um, the nature of creative work um, which comes along maybe with some insecurities um, with the lack of recognition and how all these different things affect affect yourself and I think that a lot of people just do what they're doing for for many many years but somehow not really feeling comfortable and because they don't they, they don't know about these processes I was just talking about does it make sense perfect sense okay generally speaking I'm aware of counselors and therapists using techniques like CBT um, quite commonly. It's a fairly regular practice now, but I personally have not encountered someone with your exact specialty. Um, is this uniquely your niche, or do you know others who practice in the realm of music industry as well, and specifically the electronic music industry? Actually, it's not really unique, because if you look, for example, if you look to, to Hollywood or to the US, I think it's quite common. Sure. It's kind of like a new thing in the electronic underground music scene. But I think electronic music scene is not really underground anymore. No. Um, because we, well, we, well, the scene has similar infrastructures um, as a big entertainment industry. Mm. Mm. And it got quite you know, when I remember when I started working here in Berlin, it was kind of like an underground scene at that at that moment. But probably also that I moved to Berlin and started working, that was already the beginning of a transition to the point where we are now, which is a highly professional entertainment industry where a lot of money and high artist fees are involved and a lot of different professions came up such as tour manager, social media manager, manager, the differentiation between a manager and a booking agent and so on. Um, so for me it's kind of like a natural process, it's a natural step that also mental health coaches or therapists or counselors or consultants however you name it are coming up broadly speaking the subject of mental health and mental health practices and awareness and so forth 
has been quite popular within underground and experimental electronic music in recent times. Do you have any ideas as to why that is, why it's happening now? Because I think we are now more aware about the importance of mental well-being compared to a couple of years ago. And um, we are more aware that uh, we should, or that it's good to have to maintain the right balance between private life and um, music life and that we need a more sustainable music industry and that we can all focus on what really matters, what this should be all about actually, which is um, the love, well, the love, the passion for music and um, sharing and enjoying moments together. As public awareness of this issue is raised, do you see a responsibility for building a healthier culture falling primarily on the industry or on the individual? Unfortunately, it is, it is an individual responsibility. And I think there would be less pressure if on an organizational level, if the structures would be different. But I think that's a quite complex topic because the electronic music industry is an independent industry. So this is based on, on, on independent agencies, clubs, cultural institutions, and um, there is not so much public funding to support these structures. And there are not so many financial backup plans or securities that people are having in this industry. So I think all these um, these conditions, they're tough by itself. They're, they're, they're quite difficult by, by themselves. And um, they put a lot of pressure anyway on artists and music professionals. with Florence Jimenez Otto, a coach and counselor who specializes in working with individuals in the electronic music industry. Florence is based in Berlin, where there is an enormous electronic music culture, and I don't think it's hyperbole to describe it as such. Yet, Florence seems to be on the first wave in terms of mental health workers working in this very specific field. As she points out in the interview, there are plenty of creative industries where mental health practitioners and career coaches have found their niche Hollywood probably being the biggest and easiest example. But I found her suggestion interesting that what is often referred to as underground in the case of electronic music maybe is not so underground anymore. Each year, the numbers of records released seem to multiply. There are more touring artists and dizzying amounts of festivals. Within this culture, the call for awareness of mental health is growing very rapidly at the moment in particular. Personally, I'm very happy that we've been able to contribute to this dialogue through the production of these last two episodes. 
I want to again thank Florence for coming on the show and also courtesy for speaking on our previous episode. And in case you missed it the first time, It's Complicated is a web directory making it simpler to find the right therapist. No matter what kind of therapy you're looking for, It's Complicated offers a safe space to connect with a practitioner. You can find us online at complicated.life. I'm Reese Cox. The theme music today is composed by Casper Rott. This is It's Complicated, and thank you for listening.